Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 17. Thanks for listening. How's the week been, guys? We're doing another one. The week started out kind of rainy here, but it's a pretty decent warm day today. Much too warm to be inside working, but not too warm to be inside for Atari games. No, sir. But first, the news segment. Okay, I don't know what that was, actually. Don't have a whole lot of news this week. Uh, you Doctor Who fans out there, did the news that came down this week, where it was announced that Chris Chibnall, who of course is taking over as showrunner for Doctor Who, in season 11, which as far as I can tell will debut, oh, 2083 or so, um, when he takes over he's going to adopt the sort of American style of television making, and use a writer's room to produce the episodes. Historically, in British television, they don't do that. They use freelancers, essentially, for most uh, for most of their TV scripts. Uh, Russell Davies, when he started Doctor Who back in 2005, he brought the showrunner idea from the U.S. to the BBC, but still used freelance writers. But Chibnall says... When he's showrunner, he's going to have a writer's room. This begs lots of questions, of course. Who's going to be in that room? And is using a stable of writers to write every episode, is that going to mean that episodes are written by committee? Is that going to mean that different writers will be assigned different episodes? What does it mean? And if you use a writer's room, are you going to sort of dilute the charm and distinctive voices that come from having individual scripts by different writers. You know, sort of gave episodes a different feel. You could say, well, okay, that was a Chibnall episode, or that one was a Moffat episode, or uh, Gatiss, or Peter Harness, or, you know, whatever. Will we lose that by having a writer's room, and what what's going to be gained in place of that? Worried I am, but I wouldn't be a Doctor Who fan if I wasn't. But I'm hopeful, too. Chibnall's pretty talented, so, you know, Braveheart and all that. And that was this week's Doctor Who Time Corner. And thus ends the new segment of the show. On to, and eh, maybe not bigger and better things, but certainly other cool things. This week's game, for example. This week we're playing Snoopy and the Red Baron, produced by Atari in 1983. Note, I'm reading from the manual now. Note, always turn the console power switch off when inserting or removing an Atari game program cartridge. This will protect the electronic components and prolong the life of your Atari 2600 video computer system game. I'm like a Nazi with this. I tell my kid this every time he sits down to play the Atari. Don't get to turn that thing off before you take the game out. Yeah, I'm a little anal about it, but on the other hand, I still got the same Atari console I played on, you know, 35 years ago. So there's that. Anyway, back to the manual. Gameplay. The dastardly Red Baron has stolen important food supplies from the Allies during the war. Hamburgers, ice cream cones, popcorn, and other tasty treats have been taken by this evil aviator and sharpshooter. It's sort of, I don't know, overreaching to be both an evil aviator and a sharpshooter, it seems to me. If you're truly evil, you can figure out how to get a minion to do your sharpshooting for you. I'm just saying. Anyway, your task is to help Snoopy shoot down the Red Baron and recover the stolen supplies. You begin your mission with four doghouses. Sorry, sock with camels. We're in Snoopy's fantasy land here. It's not a doghouse at the Sop with Camel. It takes eight direct, direct hits to bring down the Red Baron and for the Red Baron to bring down Snoopy's doghouse. 
sock with camel. If the Red Baron downs a doghouse, <sighs> all accumulated treats will be lost. Press the controller button to fire Snoopy's machine gun. Note, Snoopy cannot fly above the clouds. That will become important in the game. To catch a stolen treat, keep an eye on the Red Baron when he drops a tasty morsel from his triplane. Wait, hold on. He's got a triplane? And you just got a biplane? That sucks, man. Forget it, I'm not playing this game. Clump, 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 clump. Slam! Clump, 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 clump. Okay, fine, I'll play. Moving on. Recover the falling treat by touching it with Snoopy's doghouse. But watch out! The Red Baron can also drop skull and crossbones, and if you catch one, you lose all of the treats you've collected. The bones that the Red Baron drops are the remains of the Bugs Bunny game that Atari didn't put out in favor of this game. It's true. Go look it up on Wikipedia. And if you catch one, meaning the skull and crossbones, you lose all of the treats you've collected. If you manage to shoot down all the Red Barons in the round and collect all the treats, bonus points are added to your score. See scoring. Press the controller button to begin the next round. Before you press Game Reset, see Controls, you can play a practice game without scoring points and without being shot down. Using the controller. Get ready. Be sure your controllers are firmly plugged into the jacks on your console. For one-player games, plug your controller into the left controller jack. Here comes my all-time flippin' favorite Atari game instruction ever. Seriously, I'm gonna get some music for this. But I don't have any right now, so... Dun da 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 dun da da <clears throat> Hold the controller with the red button to your upper left toward the television screen. Thank you, Atari people. I was so confused. Press Game Select to choose the skill level you want. One for medium, two for advanced, or three for expert. Game 4 is an easy version for young children and beginners. The number to the right of the game number indicates the number of red barons in each round. Here's an advanced spoiler. In the field report for tonight, I'm playing the game on level 1, the medium level. Press Game Select to choose the skill... Okay, I read that part. Sorry. Press Game Reset to start and restart the game. Duh. Press the red button to continue playing at the end of each round. Scoring. Points during flight. Red Baron hit, 10. Each treat, 40. Bonus points at the end of the round. Each treat recovered, 50. Red Baron shot down, 100. All treats recovered. Bonus doghouse. <clears throat> Sop with camel. A gold baron is earned after 50 red barons are shot down. An exclamation point indicates each 1 million points. I think I could probably get there. I've never played the game that long. Because primarily I have a life. Helpful hints. When Snoopy catches a treat, the red baron will come after him. So, quickly fly away. Really? Alright. Fly Snoopy down toward the mountains to lure the Red Baron out of the clouds where Snoopy dares not roam. Try to fly behind the Red Baron. He cannot shoot backward. I could swear it when I was kind of poking around, sort of casually researching this game, I'd swear that I saw something, maybe on Wikipedia, that said, Try to fly... Wait a minute. Okay, yeah, that works. I was thinking it was saying here, try not to fly behind the Red Baron when something else I had read said yeah don't do that so never mind forget that if I'm not too lazy I'll edit this part out 
Alright, so that's the game, Snoopy and the Red Baron. I was a huge Peanuts comic fan as a kid. I watched all the TV specials and the films over and over again. The big TV special, like the Christmas one and Thanksgiving and Halloween, I could probably recite line for line. I had all the toys, I had the lunchbox with the thermos that had Snoopy on it. Good Saturday afternoon for me was hanging out with a bowl of Cheetos in one of my comic anthologies, all of which I probably still have. The books, I mean, not the Cheetos. That'd be gross. My kid eat them, though, with ketchup. This week's episode brought to you by Cheetos. Also ketchup. I never played Snoopy and the Red Baron as a kid. There could be a lot of reasons for that. I don't remember hearing about it as a kid. I just remember hearing about it from time to time later. I would have been probably a little old for this to be interested in this game when it first came out. I probably would have looked at it, and even though I was a Peanuts fan, I probably would have thought, nah, that's a little kid's game. Although, like I said, I'm not sure I even remember hearing about it. But over the years since, make that decades, I'd hear about the game once, you know, every so often, and I'd think about checking it out, and then I'd forget about it. But recently, the clouds parted once again, and the World War One flying ace flew into my mind, and I immediately went to the eBay machine. And now, I give you the fruits of my pursuits. It's hard to shovel actual fruits through the interwebs, so this is the best you get. After the break, we'll quaff a few root beers, wipe our mugs, and our drink glasses, and climb into the cockpit of our Sopwith Camel, and take off to fight the Red Baron. Not Red Baron Pizza. The German Flyer. Though, for the record, I'm more of a DiGiorno fan. This week's episode brought to you by DiGiorno. Round-headed kid put the old dinner in my old supper dish. I stole Linus's blanket. I bugged Lucy. Now it's time to indulge in a little fantasy play. No, not what you're thinking. I am a World War I flying ace. Curse you, Red Baron. Today you're mine. <laughs> I like the machine gun sound. Clouds are nice. The landscape's very southwest United States. If you look close, maybe you can see Wiley Coyote. There's the Red Baron coming out of the clouds. Again. Snoopy looks great. Except his doghouse is only red on the rough part. I don't quite understand that. Caught the root beer. Can't go up into the clouds. It's weird, you can't go all the way up in the sky or all the way down to the ground. And your machine gun. I don't know what I just caught. Oops. I salute you, Snoopy. Curse you, Red Baron. And for some reason, the machine gun has a very limited range. You practically have to be sitting in the Red Baron's lap. The Red Baron just crashed, and then there seems to be like a stun period where you can't fire your machine gun. I don't get it. Maybe just because the Red Baron isn't out yet? Or is that a glitch? 
hamburger. Curse you, Red Baron. This round's going a little rough. I got one doghouse. Sorry, stopped with camel left. It feels like I'm in a Snoopy cartoon. I just need someone to go da 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 Oh wait, I just did. Yeah. Eat it, Red Baron. That's the end of round one. Look at him. Four hits up there on the board. I'd say my work is done. Let's go quaff some root beers. Back to you in the studio. Phew. All right. Brought in the smoking wreckage of the Sopwith Camel. Woodstock has placed the now superfluous blocks under the wheels, giving me a firm chewing out. At least I think that's what he was doing. He just makes those little weird chippy noises, so I don't really know what he's saying. But I'm kicking back with a tall frosty mug of root beer, and I'm ready to talk about this adventure. Well, this wine's really bad. I won't tell you the name of the wine I'm drinking tonight, but I will tell you. If you can psychically read the name out of my brain, do it, and make sure you never buy this kind. Okay, so World War One, right? You're the World War One flying ace. World War One was supposed to be the Great War, right? The war to end all wars. And that worked out well, didn't it? I think I know why that plan crashed and burned like a biplane flown by a donkey wearing lederhosen. I totally want someone to draw a picture of that, by the way. I think the reason that this war didn't end all wars is because the armies were eating nothing but junk food. Seriously. The quote-unquote food supplies the Red Baron steals from the Allies in this game are burgers, hot dogs, ice cream, and popcorn. And root beer. Where are the beans? Where's the tinned beef? Where are the, you know, where are the biscuits and whatnot? Hardtack or whatever it was. How'd they go on to win World War II? Binging on Dunkin' Donuts? I guess we know now what the real Battle of the Bulge was. That's history humor, kids. This week's Atari Bites is brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. America, much like the Allied and Axis powers, runs on Dunkin'. Anyway, what was I talking about? I like this game. The graphics are quite good. The World War I flying ace looks like he just flew out of a Peanuts animated special. I think I mentioned in the field report... Snoop, I don't think I mentioned that his aviator helmet, I think in the comics, is usually green. In the game, it's just white. But he does have the scarf, and you can clearly tell it's Snoopy. And his doghouse is there, but just the roof is red. The rest of it is white, so that's a little off-putting. But otherwise, 
he looks good. The scenery looks good. The Red Baron's pretty generic, but you can tell it's a plane. So that's good enough, I guess. It's a little frustrating that you can't fly up into the clouds. And it seems a little odd that your bullets, although the machine gun noise sounds really good, the bullets don't go very far. You practically have to be sitting on top of the Red Baron to get him. Likewise, it seems like the game just goes on and on. I've never played it that long. It gets pretty repetitive pretty quick. I don't know that the game necessarily holds up to a lot of repeat playing, but it's a cute game. Kids might like today. Any, you know, any excuse to reintroduce the kids to the Peanuts gang is a good one. And, you know, an old Peanuts fans like me certainly are charmed by it. I went and looked for it on eBay, so it must have something going for it. So that's the mini game review. But does the story within this game do justice to the great Charles Schultz? Let's take off into the story sky. But first, let's review. All right. I'm the teacher. It's time for class. I'm going to ask you a very important question in the style of the Peanuts Gang. Classic Peanuts humor. I'll translate. The question was, what are the five elements of a plot? Right? We analyze these games in all these episodes of Atari Bytes in the style of breaking down the structure of a story, right? And there are essentially five parts to a story. The introduction or exposition part, where you sort of get the baseline for what's going on. The rising action, where things are starting to move. The story's starting to take shape. The climax, which is the peak of the story. Um, your, your, big, your big moment, your big reveal, you know, whatever. Sort of the high point of the story. Then you have the falling action, where things are starting to starting to feel the ramifications of, of the climax. Then you glide into the resolution and hit the tarmac at the end of the story, or denouement. So I think Snoopy's World War I flying ace story typically starts with something like, he's a World War I flying ace drinking root beer in a Paris cafe during, you know, in the French countryside during World War I, obviously. Uh, let's say he's sitting there t working up the courage to talk to that cute little French poodle sitting at the bar. But alas, he sees that she is mooning over a photo of Snoopy's arch enemy, the Red Baron. Curse you, Red Baron. So that's your setup. That's your, uh, what you need to know. These are the characters. This is the, uh, the, the framework that you're going with. Rising action. Your tears deflate the foamy head on yet another root beer, and you toss it back before heading out into the French countryside to find some trouble to get mixed up in. Take your mind off that little French poodle. It doesn't take long, because there he is, the Red Baron. He's big, and he's got a big sack, and he's stuffing the ally's food into the sack. He takes the food and runs to his plane. Well, he waddles. The bag's pretty heavy. He takes off. You run to your Sopwith camel, and you climb into the cockpit. Contact, you shout to your mechanic, Woodstock. You have no idea what he says back, because he's a bird. And then you're off. Red Baron soars into the sky, into the clouds. You're pursuing. Here's, here's where we get the climax. Where'd the Red Baron go? Oh, there he is. He's the one riddling your plane with bullets. You return machine gun fire. He's dropping some food. You can't let it be destroyed. You dip and you dive to catch as much as you can. The Allies need this food. They don't need your barf, though they're getting that too, what with all this diving. But anything for the war effort. The battle is intense. Bullets riddle 
your plane, you return fire, you crash, you recrash. It's really very dramatic. Falling action. No, literally. The action is falling, and so are you. Your doghouse. I said plane. Your doghouse totally looks like a plane, Snoopy. Honest. We believe you. You hit the ground in a fiery wreck. You got at least some of the food back, but the Red Baron got away. Again. This is like the 180,000th time that he's gotten away from you. Woodstock can hardly look at you. Seriously. He's tiny. Hurts his little neck to look up that high. The Resolution or Denouement. The end of the story. Curse you, Red Baron. Pass the root beer. I hate war. Cue the Peanuts theme. Um, looking around awkwardly and discovering that the orchestra that I ordered to come in and play the Linus and Lucy Peanuts theme for you hasn't showed up. Uh, See, that's much better, isn't it? Anyway, that's Snoopy and the Red Baron. Good times. Okay, confession time. I didn't just choose Snoopy and the Red Baron to play this week because it's a cute, fun game. Though it is. I chose it because it also ties into something else that's in the works right now. Can you feel it? There's a tremor in the podcast universe. Things are changing. Anomalies are forming. There is now, in fact, not just one of me in the podcast universe, but two. Listeners, I've heard your cries, and I understand. Hearing my annoying drone burrowing into your brain like that earwig in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, only once per week, is just not enough. I feel your pain. I like listening to me talk, too. So, the same day this episode drops, May the 15th, is the same day episode one of my new show drops. It's called, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. Since A Charlie Brown Christmas aired in 1965, Dozens of animated specials and five feature films have been made starring the Peanuts Gang. And for this new podcast, I'm going to watch them all. Then about once a month, I'll drop an episode to talk about what I liked and what I didn't in a couple of those episodes, or a film. If that sounds like something interesting to you, do please go check out my new show on the website, charliebrownpodcast.lipson.com. You should also... Already, or if not already, then soon, be able to find the show at any one or all of the various outlets. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. I am continuing daily to get updates from the different places telling me, yep, you've got your show now. So most, if not all of those, should be available to you by the time you're hearing this. Take a minute to like the It's a Podcast Charlie Brown page on Facebook. Or follow the show on Twitter at It's a Pod CB. And thank you in advance for supporting yet another show by Goofy Old Me. Oh, hey, before we go, I just realized that the dude standing in the corner isn't Snoopy at all, but rather Bill Kendrick from the XCGS podcast in disguise, waiting here to tell us all about the Atari party happening out in California this summer. Take it away, Bill. Seriously, take the dog dish out of your bowl first. Okay, thanks. Hey, Bill. 
It's Bill Kendrick from the XCGS Cart by Cart podcast. I want to let you and your listeners know that I'm hosting my 8th annual Atari party this summer out here in Davis, California. That's near Sacramento and not far from the San Francisco Bay Area and Silicon Valley. It's free and will undoubtedly have at least one Atari 2600 set up. It's a one-day event on Saturday, July 30th. Visit newbreedsoftware.com slash Atari Party for more info. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. On your way out, tell the orchestra we don't need them anymore. My thanks also to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. You can find Atari Bytes on Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and a ton of other podcatchers. On iTunes, if you don't leave a review to help our rankings and help others find the show, I'm pretty sure the ghost of Steve Jobs will haunt your dreams. Email me at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the Atari Bytes page on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. You can support the show by visiting our Patreon page or our Zazzle store, which is ab underscore pod underscore store. So until next time, Go play some old games. They've missed you.